KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. So we have heard a lot about these mammoth lawsuits filed by voting technology companies Smartmatic and Dominion against multiple media personalities, networks, and even lawyers. We really wanted to dig into these lawsuits. What are they alleging? Could they succeed? And what would victory look like? For this conversation, we caught up with Barry Furrow. He is a professor of law at the Klein School of Law at Drexel University. Check it out. These Smartmatic and Dominion voting system lawsuits what are they alleging? What is the, the gist of what they are saying has happened to them? Well, they're claiming that the defendant, the Spartanmatic suit is broad because it's Fox News, Fox News Network, Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, Janine Piero. It's, it's all the Fox News heavy hitters, a lot of them, Giuliani and Sidney Powell. They're claiming that the defendants knew the facts and ignored them. They knew that the election was not stolen, and they spun a story. They wanted a villain, and the Smartmatic complaint is actually wonderful because they they tell a story about what the defendant's goal was. They needed a villain. They needed someone to blame, someone who they could get others to hate, a story of good versus evil that would incite an angry mob. They wanted someone who personified evil. And so Smartmatic says that the defendants invented a true villain, making Smartmatic the villain. You know, Smartmatic's a Delaware corporation, Florida headquartered, and they spun quite a tale about corrupt dictators and uh, links to some previous Venezuelan dictator. And the Smartmatic and, of course, Dominion and its litigation against Giuliani and Powell that they altered votes, rigged the election by switching votes, and uh, they spread the word. So that's the long and short of it. When they say Fox News, in the case of Smartmatic, broadcast 13 reports stating and implying that Smartmatic had stolen the 2020 U.S. election. And they repeated it endlessly on, on air in publications, just endlessly. And the story was, Biden and Harris did not win the election. Smartmatic stole the election for them. So that's, and then they, the complaint is, you know, 285 pages. So they have lots of examples of the story and how it was being spun. Most of it, and they say defendant's story was a lie, all of it, and they knew it. So they're getting at the heart of a defamation complaint here. Yeah, that was my next question. Does this all fall under the umbrella of defamation? Uh Absolutely. I mean, if you take a look at uh, the defamation rules, you've got to have a published statement that's spoken or distributed to at least one other person. And here's Fox News broadcasting it through multiple hosts on Fox News, from Lou Dobbs to others. Is the plaintiff identifiable from the statement? Of course. They named Smartmatic. They named Dominion as the evil villains with... Venezuelan and other communist countries backing them. And number three, does the statement harm the plaintiff's reputation in some way? In this case, it's a business. Does it hurt the business reputation of the corporation? And both companies claim that they, their reputation has been slashed 
their credibility has been reduced, their reputation deeply harmed as a business entity that can be trusted to have a contract with for uh, voting machines. So that's that's the starting of it. They've got the elements very well laid out and they add damages, of course, to the tune of $1.3 billion, some of which is punitive damages. How unusual are suits like this? Uh, this high profile for defamation for numbers like 1.3, 2.7 billion. I mean, this this seems extraordinary. Well, I mean, there, there are two things to note. One is, you know, this is a high profile def- defamation case. So the harm to a company can lead to, in fact, to its demise. So you'd expect there to be large damages. And because the claim of the plaintiff is that these were knowing faults said with actual malice, the punitive damage component can also be very substantial. Now, the problem is, how do you find cases like this? So many cases of civil litigation, whether it's defamation or other tort cases, they settle. And once they settle, there's a uh, confidentiality agreement and you never find out anything. You know that a case was filed, you never know what happened to it. It's only when the case really goes all the way to a jury trial that you've got a record and you can see Oh, this is what happened. So my sense is a case of this magnitude is, is quite unusual, but I really can't be sure. I, the only example I've got of a case that is sort of proportionally as surprising is a case that was brought against uh, Oberlin College. It was brought by a small bakery that sued Oberlin for libel because the allegation was that the college and the dean of students alleged racial profiling of this bakery after a shoplifting incident. There were a lot of student protests. The bakery denied all of this, but it went to the jury and uh, verdict was quite substantial. I think it was, let me see here. It's uh, punitive damages of 22.4 million, quite likely. And it was a $44.4 million claim, including compensatory damages. That's huge for a little bakery in Ohio. So that sort of gives you the magnitude. If you give it to a jury, who knows? So what? This is this is a big public issue, obviously. So what does, from a, if the people, the entities defending against this, what do you anticipate could be the defense? What do you think we'll hear, assuming we, we do get it into the public sphere? Well, so it's an interesting question. There's a, it's a question of the burden of proof. And you've got two issues. One, are Smartmatic and Dominion public figures or non-public figures? Nobody's ever really heard of them until until Fox News started broadcasting all of this. And then the complaint was filed. So the first question is whether they're public figures. If they're a public figure, burden of proof on, for the plaintiff is quite quite a harsh one. You've got to prove the statement was published by the defendants knowing it was false or acting with reckless disregard for the statement's truth or falsity. And you've got to look at the defendant's actual state of mind at the time of publication. Were Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Lou Dobbs, and the rest of them, you know, scheming malevolently knowing all this was false? Or they were they just crazy and had a crazy actual state of mind? And I think 
you know, the, the evidence, the complaint is just beautifully drafted. And I think the argument is going to be that they uh, acted out of malice, not really expecting to be broadsided like this by a defamation suit. So the other, the other, if, if it's a public figure, this standard of proof is much higher than if it's an ordinary person like you and me, where you just have to show negligence, which isn't all that complicated because nobody ever checked on the facts to see whether these voting machine companies had links to communist details, dictators in Venezuela or elsewhere. The second defense, however, is uh, truth. And that's that seems here to be the easy part because truth is an absolute defense. And all of their allegations seem to be falsehoods. Now the, now the flip of that is if they're just stating an opinion, they might have a defense. But these are lawyers. These are public figures. These are professionals in broadcasting. They know better. They know that they're capable of spinning a web of lies to their listenership and their viewership. So you can see there are a lot of questions for a jury to consider. Who's believable? Are the statements clearly false? Did anybody ever check to verify any of this before they stated it? And I think the allegation of the plaintiff says, no, of course, they never checked. They just spun a tail. Does the fact that, I mean, these thing, these stories, you've kind of touched on some of them. There are just some absurdities that are woven into these stories. You know, yeah. Hugo Chavez and stuff, you know, that they built these in 2013 to throw an election. And it just, it it's strange credulity. Does that actually help in the defense in some way that it's so absurd they shouldn't be held liable for it because nobody could believe it yeah something to that effect because i've just seen some of these some other cases where people have claimed that nobody says that host x on this cable news show is using facts it's it's understood that he's more of a showman than than anything Uh, something of of that ilk you know, you, what you're suggesting, I think, with the Smartmatic suit is that maybe you can you can look at the defendants as falling into different categories. I mean, there are the, the Lou Dobbses and those who are entertainers who spin a web that's, you kind of know it's a lie, but it's just kind of entertaining. Look at how far they went. But remember, now we have Giuliani and Powell, lawyers, any place where you've got a lawyer, you've got all kinds of obligations on lawyers, ethical obligations, professional responsibility obligations, obligations to check on things before you state them. And so Giuliani and Powell both, every lawsuit they brought was just washed right out of court. And they kept on spinning this story. And Giuliani kept spinning it while he was trying to sell dietary supplements. So... You, you, there, I think you've got a case where he, he had actual malice. He, uh, he was just trying to make some money for himself as well as helping his buddy, the old president, as we say. So, you know, it's an interesting point. And I don't, I don't know if that's, if people believe it, does it have an effect on the reputation of the company so they lose business? Well, you know, they've got lots of customers that don't want to be tainted or risk hiring Smartmatic or Dominion if these kinds of allegations have some kind of traction, it seems to me. 
So again, it's a it's a jury question, you know. In this case, what will people, what would reasonable people on the jury believe? And you make a good point. Let's just spin it that Fox News is basically an entertainment business for the right. But I think there are a lot of people in the world who believe what they say. So what do you what do you think we will see going forward? I mean, I'm not asking you to tell the future, but what would be the next steps here? Uh, would it be, you know, some sort of negotiations towards a settlement? Do you think it will go to trial? What should we be looking for? Well, I think you're going to have lots and lots of discovery. You know, there'll be both sides deposing everybody in sight, trying to. And Giuliani said, oh, this is his great opportunity to prove that Smartmatic really was, you know, a puppet of, you know, the conspiracy. So he'll be trying to dig up whatever he can. And the other side will be trying to show that they knew exactly what they were doing, that they were, and they'll be deposed. So they're, they're going to be held to tell the truth. And then we'll see what happens. And the, def- the whole process of discovery could take, seems to me, it could take a year. Who knows? I, I don't do this kind of work, but I'm guessing this is a, these are very complicated, high stakes cases. And then will it go to trial? Well, you saw Fox News immediately fire Lou Dobbs. Fox News put out all kinds of statements denying anything that was said by these people. And this was true of the other right-wing news outlets. They all started to disclaim any responsibility and to proclaim that these were falsehoods, that the election was not rigged, that these election machine companies were... uh, we're not really part of the conspiracy. So if Fox News is that anxious, you know, it's an opportunity to go to trial. I think in the case of any plaintiff, your real goal is to try to make yourself whole again. You want to get damages. So settlement is where you like to be in the long run. You want to get, you want to get money back here. And, you want to, and the uh, defendants will show that these statements did not produce any real harm and maybe they'll use your argument that uh, you know when when some of these crazy people on Fox News say things everybody who's and Oz and they're already believers anyway but nobody who would buy the stock of these companies or or contract with them would believe it. and so they'll be doing discovery to see if there was any reputational injury which means you got to fish around and talk to past present and future clients look and see whether the stock has dropped. So the damage part of it is also a big deal. We are in a era of disinformation, misinformation, and I think this suit here is kind of in the heart of that, of just fantastical things that are made up. How important are these lawsuits as far as the entire media landscape paying attention to these and seeing, because you already mentioned, you've already seen some knee-jerk moves from networks uh, as far as disclaimers, pushing people off air, stuff like that. I mean, how we've all been kind of searching for how do we kind of put this genie back in the bottle of disinformation. Would success in these suits go a long way towards doing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that all certainly all companies like Fox News are litigation shy and it's very reputationally damaging, but it's also just it's about the money. 
now that the Giuliani's and Powell's of the world, this becomes kind of a backstory when you try to revoke their license to practice law, when you take steps against them to remove honors they've got, like honorary degrees from university. It's all a story of corruption and lying and fake news. Let's use it against the president's cronies here. So I think I think litigation is a, a wonderful tool. And that, that's an argument for going to trial. And that's a risky decision for the lawyers on both sides. Do you want to air all of this in what is really a public forum where the media will be all over it? It's got its risks for both sides, because from the plaintiff's point of view, now you're rebroadcasting, in effect, all of these defamatory statements. And from the defendant's point of view, you're rebroadcasting what liars they are, that none of this can be validated. And they will probably try to validate it to say it was truth is a defense, which it is in defamation. But I don't think there's just a chance they can do it. How is the approach different? You know, we mentioned, you know, news networks have a cadre of lawyers, but some of these individuals that have been named, in most cases, they're well paid, but you start throwing around, you know, billions with a B, there ain't many contracts that, you know, are are getting anywhere close to that. How do you think the approach will differ from one to the other? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, so, so I think, first of all, from the point of view of defense lawyers going after Dominion or Spartan Medical, they're going to try to make them out to be public figures. It's a little bit of a stretch to make a corporation a public figure. On the other hand, we say that corporations can be treated like a person for other purposes in the law. So does this little stinky company like Dominion suddenly become a public figure because of this case? Maybe not. I mean, in defamation law generally, you know, if you're a, if you're a, big administrative official, you're a public figure. If you're a celebrity, you're a public figure. If you're somebody who really nobody knew about until this happened because the defendant said it, that doesn't make you a real public figure. It's a public figure for this one time only. So that defense probably doesn't work. But, you know, this is this is tort where there's lots of elasticity. Now, the question of separating out the defendant's Fox News is going to, you know, they'll certainly hire the best guns they can. And they will say that maybe they'll make your argument. This is just what we do. We have people who talk about things and we bring on all kinds of people who have opinions. That's just their opinions. And we don't check all their opinions. People just talk because this is politics. And politics is full of rhetoric and hot air, as well as truthful statements. When it comes to Giuliani and Powell... Because they're lawyers, they're in a special kind of category of vulnerability, I would say. We, uh, we expect more of them, and they can be censured. Things can happen to them independent of the lawsuit. So my guess is there, their lawyers will perhaps more cautious. I don't know. I've never talked to a defense lawyer recently who does defamation work. But th- those two lawyers seem to me to be vulnerable because they were, they were selling this the Fox News hosts were also helping to amplify and sell it. But Giuliani and Powell were out there everywhere in court, trying everywhere to sell this nonsense. So it's beyond just an opinion you state casually on the, on the air. They were weaponizing their story 
to try to use it, you know, in court. And uh, but they always backed off when it came to really alleging fraud because they didn't really have the ammunition. And I've seen it in some of the stories about this that one or both of these companies haven't ruled out the possibility of a suit against former President Donald Trump. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they would pursue that? And how risky would that be? The hard question to present before a jury. It'd be hard to get an impartial jury, you know, either who wouldn't say never, never hold him guilty or reliable or always hold him liable. But the question of Trump is also, he, he has become a master of sarcasm, saying things and taking him back with a little wink. You know, he's a wink and a nod kind of guy. But he will probably pursue the, uh, the argument that these were opinions, these were speculations, these were just things that are out there in the ether. And uh, he just repeats them. That's his whole that's his whole style. So, you know, he may not be the perfect defendant in some ways. I think with Fox News and the Fox News hosts, their anchors and hosts, you know, they're just putting this out and putting it out and putting it out and more and more emphatically. And I think Giuliani and Powell also were, they're not playing any wink and a nod kind of cute games the way that uh, Trump is pretty good at. So I don't know. It's, uh, again... It depends on how many legal resources you want to spend money on to keep going. I think they've picked their the right defendants for the first go around here. And what do you think? Do you think we'll see trials or do you think it is more likely we see settlements? I would I would if I were to guess, because that's statistically the way tort law is generally, I would guess settlement. Now, because these are such so if if Fox News, for example, were to settle, do we suddenly lose respect for Fox News? I doubt it. Fox News is Fox News. And this was just their continuing effort to make lots of money from putting out all kinds of disinformation. As against Giuliani and Powell, I think their story, they're more vulnerable. And I think the anchors and so on, they're only vulnerable because it exposes Fox News under theories of agency law. And that's why Dobbs bit the dust. Fox can kind of say, well, look, we we policed this problem and uh, we weren't quick enough to do it, but we did it and we fired Dobbs. So there's no, no straightforward answer, except I keep pulling Giuliani and Powell out as special targets, special defendants. Fox and its anchors are another cluster. Maybe they would enjoy the trial Maybe this is something that just builds viewership, readership, listenership, because after all, that's what they want is market share. I don't know how to think like a Fox News executive, that any news is good news, maybe. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.